When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, the 49th episode of Undercovered Ops. I am your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. And we're back. It's week nine. I cannot believe, I cannot believe, I say this every week, how fast the season has been going by. More injuries, more injuries, more news to break. Trade deadline hit yesterday. We saw a couple people move. Chase Claypool, TJ Hawkinson, as far as the fantasy realm goes. Also, Chase Edmonds goes to the Denver Broncos. We see Jeff Wilson team back up with Mike McDaniel in Miami, along with Raheem Mostert as well. And then a couple of defensive moves as well in the NFL. Uh, Just a very interesting time in the NFL. Ten trades go down yesterday, which is an all-time record. in the NFL for like a trade deadline day of it's more clo- it's closer to a lot closer to what the NBA and the MLB folks are used to, but that's not the norm in the NFL. And it's a pretty fun time to be, I guess, alive uh, in the fuck those picks era where we're starting to see, and, and this happens every single year, every single decade, whatever it may be. As soon as somebody tries to find something new, whether it's, you know, the air raid or passing or rushing or, how to build a team or how to draft or when to draft. Not Nobody's drafting running backs in the first round anymore. People just follow these trends. The new trend is if you're in, you go all the way in and ship all those picks up. Miami had two first-round picks. They now have none. They got one taken away, obviously, and then they went after Bradley Chubb. They also added another running back, the Vikings. Obviously, O'Connell comes over from the Rams, so he's used to that with the Rams, but they give away their second-round pick and a third-round pick, I believe, and then they get back two-fourths and T.J. Hawkinson. The Bears kind of did a weird one where the Bears really aren't in, per se, right now. They got rid of Robert Quinn. They give him to the Eagles. And then Roquan Smith goes to Baltimore. And then they spend that same second-round pick, and they go back and get Chase Claypool. So it's kind of like a fantasy realm thing for Chicago. It's my instant thought was, all right, you get rid of your two best defenders, and then you bring in a wide receiver. So that means your defense is going to suck. But your offense is getting a little bit of a, a catapult up. We've seen how good Justin Fields has been the last month. And maybe they're just going to say, hey, the defense is always good no matter who's playing. It's like good, right? Let's get some more weapons for offense. And that's that's cool from a fantasy perspective from the NFL. I, we'll see. They got a lot of money that they're going to have next year to spend. And now they're recouping some of those draft picks that they've they've lost over the last few years. But it is cool to see. Uh, these teams that are in going all the way in. It was interesting to see Tampa not go after anybody. The Rams, um, there was some in, there was some interest, obviously, uh, in like a running back, but they never went and got one. So they're really out there with Ronnie Rivers right now. And Kyron Williams is coming off IR. Uh, they never moved Cam Akers. And they really didn't make any big splash moves 
at all. Bar- Brian Burns was an interest, uh, that, but they wanted two first-round picks, the Carolina Panthers did. And then the Packers. The Packers were the one that were supposed to go get a receiver, but it sounds like the, the Bears actually outbid them. So shout-out to the Bears for outbidding the Packers on a receiver. We'll talk about the Packers receiving core after a bit, but there's a ton, a ton of injuries uh, overall, a ton of movement overall, some immediate movement. Uh, you look at TJ Hawkinson, there's a guy, Brock Wright, who's had a couple fantasy viable weeks, a couple top 10 fantasy weeks in random opportunities, even when Hawkinson's been in the field. It's him and it's James Mitchell. James Mitchell's a second-year guy out of Virginia Tech. We'll see what the rules are for those guys as well. Uh, looking back at Tampa Bay as well, Kate Otten still a tight end there. Corey Davis is out. It looks like Conklin is going to continue to get more run. When Corey Davis doesn't play, it's Conklin. It's going to be Garrett Wilson kind of getting a little bit of run. Cup had a low ankle sprain at the end of that game and then that blowout last week. Allen Robinson, uh, obviously, starting to look more like Allen Robinson. I think that's only going to get, I think their goal is probably just to continue. You remember last year how Odell Beckham, as the season went on, he got better and better, and better, and better, and we're starting to see that from Allen Robinson. I know the the early part of the year was painful, but just better, and better, and better, and better. Uh, Thielen took a big hit in the middle of the Vikings game, but he did come back. Uh, KJ Osborne caught a touchdown in that game, but Hawkinson as well going to Minnesota. It'll be interesting to see the kind of the usage here. Irv Smith with the Hawkinson thing. Irv Smith uh, will be out eight to ten weeks with a high ankle fuck. It's one of the first times we're going to see we have seen these teams actually come out right away and not just be like, High ankle sprain, you know, he's he's week to week. No, they straight the Vikings straight up put Irv Smith on the IR with a high ankle sprain and said eight to ten weeks. Normally they give you like, oh, maybe four weeks and he'll be back. It was just interesting to me to see that. They just they didn't say, you know, that was kind of the move, right? They went out, they got Hawkinson, and then they put Irv Smith on the IR. So they were kind of being sneaky with that. Uh, I applaud them for that. Naheem Hines, the other running back, the shot clock buzzer beater. I think it was like 3.57 yesterday, three minutes before the trade deadline hit. He gets traded to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's going to be interesting because we know Bean and McDermott love Singletary, and Singletary fits well in this scheme. In those big games when it's important, he's ripping off six, seven yards per carry. But in the games where maybe they don't need him. Maybe they're playing, you know, the Texans or whatever. They don't really need Singletary in those games. So you see him kind of disappear per se. Hines coming in there gives them more stability, gives them more flexibility because they've had injuries injuries at the slot position. And Shakir's playing right now, McKenzie, Diggs and Davis. Hines can play everywhere. Hines can play in the slot, Hines can play out of the backfield, Hines can carry the rock, Hines can do everything. And McAfee said it best uh, as in, obviously an Indianapolis Colts player and fan, etc. Naheem is different. And Ballard's been saying this for years. Ballard loves Naheem Hines. And I think this was more of an upper. I don't think this was. I think this was maybe a little bit above uh, Ballard's head because uh, everything that's been happening in Indianapolis from the negativity standpoint where they haven't been able to win. I think Ursay was like, hey, man, we we got Deion Jackson. He can be your backup to Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor comes down, Deion Jackson can be that guy. Get this Naheem Hines shit out of here. I think you're only going to see more and more and more run of Jonathan Taylor. I think Ursay, that's coming from the top down. They're saying, we need to establish the run. We got Sam Ellinger. We're going to put Ellinger and Jonathan Taylor. We're going to run the fuck out of the ball. Play action. You're going to use Pittman. You're going to lose all these tight ends. I think you're going to see a new look Indianapolis Colts over the, the, the back half of this season after they just fired their offensive coordinator. But with that goes, like 
push Naheem, Naheem's Hines out of the building because they're trying to be smart and use him in these different roles, but it just hasn't been working. So they push him to Buffalo, and he's going to be paired up kind of with Cook, with Singletary. Zach Moss comes back to Indianapolis in that same deal. Don't really give a shit about that. Um, Singletary's in his last year in the deal. So next year it looks like it's going to be Cook and Hines. They will draft another running back in probably the third or fourth round, Zach Charbonneau, et cetera. Somebody, somebody 220, 230 pounds that can run the rock inside the 10-yard line. Someone that was, you know, what they wanted out of Zach Moss and never happened. They want to have that one-two, that big banger and, and the smaller guy. And that was what the goal was with Moss and Singletary. And Singletary is kind of filling in where Moss can't. So he's trying to do both. And that's not obviously optimal from the running back position because he's going to continue to get hurt. So Singletary, Moss, Hines, I love that backfield for the Buffalo Bills. Moving on to other teams, other situations, other injuries. Chark continues to be on IR. Khalif Raymond, he's doing the thing. It's tough for me to trust him in any week-by-week process. I talked about this on the starter stream show last weekend. Someone's like, can you start Khalif Raymond over X? I'm like, I can't because the uh, the odds he scores 20 or two are the same. And I have no confidence that he's just going to be a, continu- a, a, a consistent 12 to 15 point guy. It's tougher for me to start him in any situation. Waller missed last week. Moreau got some work. He looked very good. Renfro toast. Uh, I don't even know. He's kind of Renfro. I mean, Elberto, same thing. Elberto inactive again. Dulcich is a dog. It's just, a, it's just a really weird uh, culmination of what's happening with the Raiders. They get shut out against the New Orleans Saints last week. And then Lazard did not play, and Dobbs did a whole lot of nothing until he caught that nice touchdown pass. Congratulations. Uh, all squirrels find nuts. Uh, it was a fantastic catch. I'll give him that. But I don't know what you want from me. I don't, you, you, I, I'm not going to dive too deep into this. I feel like I talk about this guy every week, but if you just listen to what the coaches say, to what Rogers says, and when he catches a six yard out and then he comes off the, off the sideline and the fucking team is like, let's go Romeo. It's like, and then you listen to Rogers and on the McAfee show, he's like, yeah, we just got to get Romeo. We got to get him, you know, mentally positive. We got to get him thinking that, you know, that, and it's like, this is the literal process of why we faded Romeo is because he he's mentally, he's not a, uh, a, a dog he literally mentally isn't a dog he doesn't have the it factor to go do it he just randomly you're going to have these spurts where he catches a beautiful ball because he's talented all these guys in the nfl are talented i've said this many many times it's just the way it is he's never going to be Devonte fucking adams he's never going to be randy moss he's not going to be these guys that in the preseason all the packer journalists were telling you he was going to be he's not a number one he's not a number two he's a very good number three he he's been consistently in the lineup every week and he hasn't consistently consistently done shit other than annoy Rogers, run the wrong route, catch a nice ball, drop four balls. Do the it's like the most inconsistent shit you're ever gonna get out of Romeo Dubs. So stay the course with Romeo. I'm not interested. I'm not gonna be going there. We'll talk about one other guy in this Packers offense a little bit later. Some other guys you need to probably stash. Mark Ingram goes down, so Washington is gonna be the stash in New Orleans. Uh, Kelly in Kelly with the Chargers, obviously behind Eckler, Sony Michelle. Um, you want to stash him as well, and then Edmonds, Edmonds in Denver. This is the trade he kind of came back. It was very, very like overlooked. It was Bradley Chubb getting traded from Denver to Miami before the trade deadline yesterday? And it was like there's a package of 
you know, the the the, the Miami sending a package back to Denver for Bradley Chubb, and the package was like pick, pick, pick Edmonds. I was like, okay, so uh, obviously it didn't work. And then they go out and get Wilson like 10 minutes later. So now it's Wilson and Mostert in Miami. But Edmonds going to Denver is very interesting because obviously it's Melvin Gordon, Boone's on IR, and Latavius Murray. It's like Latavius and Melvin, who are both old, borderline dust. Like they, they Murray looks good at times. Melvin, eh, at times. Edmonds, if he can get into this regime, I think the problem in Miami was that he just wasn't built for that offense. It's kind of like what we saw out of McKinnon a few years back when he went from Minnesota to Stanford. It just didn't work. He got kept getting hurt. He got paid a shitload of money. Edmonds got paid a shitload of money, just hasn't touched the field very much at all, obviously because he's not picking up the playbook. So hopefully he goes to Denver, he picks up that playbook pretty quickly, and we can see some actual Edmonds usage. He could be he could be a league winner type guy. I mean, again, you're talking about a team that's going to be trying for the rest of the season with Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon at running back, two injury-prone, big bruising backs. Edmonds, you could see uh, by the end of the season, being a, a pivotal piece in the fantasy landscape of everything. Bellinger missed again last week. Tanner Hudson actually looked decent. He looked decent. And then the New York Giants, we'll talk about the New York Giants here down the stretch. But it's time to actually get into the show and actually talk about these team-by-team breakdowns. Let's start this week with the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, obviously, there's no J.K. Dobbins. It was Gus Edwards. It's Justice Hill, and it's Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is in on 46 snaps. Justice Hill, 16, and Gus Edwards, 15. I think Justice Hill, we talked about this four or five weeks ago. He's going to continue to be a piece in this offense. He's the most explosive guy in this offense. Drake, the opportunity is there. He's going to get the targets. He's been getting the targets. He's been getting the carries. But I think pound for pound, when you're talking about who's going to last the longest in this offense, uh, obviously we've seen Gus get dinged up. Now J.K. Dobbins has been dinged up. He's now an IR or you know whatever you want to call that. Mike Davis is inactive every week. It's Justice Hill. It's Kenyon Drake. I prefer Justice Hill through this process. Uh, you can play Kenyon Drake right now, but I think Justice is a guy you want to keep your keen eye on. James Prochet at the wide receiver position. He ran 46 snaps, 46 tied Demarcus Robinson. It was one lower than Devin Duvernay in this game because Rashad Bateman really didn't do anything. He was in for 11 snaps. Prochet had four targets, three receptions for 24 yards. The big news, though, was Mark Ingram goes out with an Mark Andrews goes out with an injury, and Isaiah likely does the damn thing. Isaiah likely seven targets, 77 yards on 17 slot routes out of 30 routes run. Isaiah likely, we've talked about him. For months and months and months, we talked about him before the, the combine ever happened, about him being the top three tight end in this class. Then he runs that 488, and we faded him for a little bit, and then we came all the way back full circle, back to Isaiah Likely back in August, and he's starting to look a lot like that. Quite frankly, the number three option, right? It, it, quite frankly, the number two option. Outside of Andrews, it's like Likely is the, the most consistent piece in this offense. And yes, he hasn't done a ton with Andrews in the lineup, but now that Andrews just kind of banged up, I think you're going to see a lot more Likely because they like using multiple tight end sets, and that only elevates the next step. So, right, you got to be smart. You're playing dynasty. You got to be smart. You get, you, Andrews is out, okay, if he's going to miss a little bit of time. If he does miss a game or two, likely he's going to play. They're going to keep using multiple tight ends. So if you're in those deep, deep tight end premium leagues, Josh Oliver becomes interesting. Josh Oliver, the longtime Jaguar, obviously he was only in for 35 snaps in this game, seven routes, but he had a target. He's, you're going to, like, you can get usage. Tight end position sucks this year. You're going to continue to get usage out of these random guys. Let's move on to another tight end position. 
with the Las Vegas Raiders. They get donkeyed by the New Orleans Saints. I quite frankly didn't see them getting donkeyed coming into this game, but they did. 55 snaps, 41 routes, and 24 in the slot for Foster Moreau with nine targets. Did I expect Foster Moreau to go off for nine targets? No. Can we can we please get some Darren Waller? I'm gonna pull up Darren Waller stats right now. Can we please get a Darren Waller with this opportunity? That's all that's all I'm asking for. We've been asking for this all year. You look at Darren Waller's best game, 17 fantasy points in week two against Arizona. Eight targets, six for 50. In this game, Foster Moreau had nine targets, six for 31. It's like, Darren, just get healthy and 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 can we can we throw him the ball? The other one in this offense, obviously, Devontae. Marshawn Lattimore didn't even play. Marshawn. Marshawn Lattimore did not play in this game, and Devonta Adams had one reception for three yards. So just overall, just a pukey experience. And Mac Hollins, eight targets, seven for 64 in this offense as that stretched Z. I don't really know what to make of this offense. They want to run the ball with Jacobs, and I don't I don't understand the passing game. I don't understand the goal here. I don't understand the concepts. Like if Rodgers was the quarterback, again, we saw this for years in Green Bay. When Rodgers was the quarterback with Adams, it didn't matter. He forced him the ball. It didn't matter if he was getting doubled. They forced him the ball. And that's where you can see the disconnect between him and Carr is that Carr doesn't have the sack to just rip it and say, all right, I can trust Devontae to just catch it. And So he catches one ball out of five targets. Nah, he probably should have had 12 targets in this game. They were getting whipped. From the from the jump, it shouldn't have been Mac Hollins getting seven for sixty four. It should have been, you know, Devonte getting 12, 13, 14 targets. But it is what it is. Moving on to Pittsburgh, the running back position. We've continued to watch this one week after week after week. Jalen Warren, he looked better again. He looked better again. You're starting to see some videos of Najee uh, in the flats catching passes. He's he's down the low five thousands on on DraftKings every week. He's starting to get that uh, that the Trent Richardson eye. It's like fucking what what was last year a fluke? What are we doing here? Was whoa and Jalen Warren looks more explosive. Jalen Warren looks good. I think there's still something underlying with J- uh, Najee Harris. Obviously, he came out a couple weeks ago and said he took the the metal plate out of his shoe, which is very interesting. Um, remember, there was some Liz Frank, you know, rumblings before the season. I think there's still something going on there. I think Jalen Warren is the back to own here. Six carries, 50 yards, seven routes. Um, you're you're going to want this guy down the stretch, especially with this team sucking. They're going to be negative game script. They're going to be dumping the ball off. He had three targets in this game, three for 25. Uh, Najee had six for 26. If they decide to shut Najee down at any point, week 12, 13, 14, when they know he's done, Warren will start. Warren's going to get a 70 to 80% clip if they shut Najee down at any point because of this injury, because the season's over with, they don't want to waste him, et cetera. You're, you, you need to have Jalen Warren stash on these teams. I have him on all these teams. I got Rashad White on all my teams. I have Zamir White on a few teams. You want to have these, these hyper-athletic, these bruising donkeys on your team, especially going down the stretch with injuries and other things plaguing them. I would talk about the receiving room a little bit here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but – uh, it doesn't really matter because Chase Claypool's gone and they're on the bye week this week. So the only note to do is to go acquire Jalen Warren if somebody cuts him because it's their bye week and they're like, ah, I don't need Jalen Warren. Or he's just free. So you can add him, you know, maybe after this week if people aren't really paying that much attention. Moving on to Chicago, um, as Colin Coward were to say, uh, the running back Armstrong ha- 
There's no running back named Armstrong, Colin Coward. So uh, shout the fuck out to you for not even looking at the roster before talking about them on national TV. It's actually David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And yeah, Herbert's actually the better back between the two. So Colin Coward, shout out not to you. 16 carries on 17 snaps for Khalil Herbert, 99 yards. He does the damn thing. He only runs one route while Montgomery runs 16. Montgomery is going to continue to get the big use, the, the, the big the bright usage. He's running around, running the routes, get the targets, get the goal line opportunities. But Herbert outrushes him 16 for 99. He looks better purely. Um, he's going to continue to be a guy that you can use in fantasy. I got a buddy that has him as a starting lineup. And it's like, hey, I didn't really want to start Khalil Herbert, but it's like, Hey, you probably should start Khalil Herbert because he, there's really not a lot of better options. So you can continue to trust that. The receiver position, obviously, they enter Chase Claypool in. Darnell Mooney's the only one running a full route share. Nikhil Harry had 43 snaps, which was second in the receiver room. Two for 24 on two targets. He's gonna get I mean, he's, he's obviously gonna get pushed down because of Chase Claypool, but it's interesting, right? It's interesting. Clay Nikhil Harry looks like a tight end, to be honest with you, when he's out there. So I'm, I'm I'm watching him. I'm not adding him in any places. I'm not really doing anything with Nikki Harry, but it's just interesting to see him bounce and, and bounce back a little bit and get some opportunities in this offense where Fields looks good. Cole Komet finally scores a freaking touchdown, first one since 2019. Still gets two receptions on two targets, 95% snap share. Ridiculous that this guy is in for 65 snaps. He runs 18 routes and he catches two fucking balls in this offense. They need to continue. They need to start to scheme the ball to fucking commit a lot more. It's it's very, very ridiculous that they're that they're kind of not and fields is starting to obviously look much, much better with, with these designed runs. So Chicago Bears are going to be an interesting one from a fantasy perspective for the rest of the season. The Los Angeles Rams, Van Jefferson returns in this game. He's in for 31 snaps to Ben Skoronek's 34. Naturally, you think Skoronek's probably going to come way down. But in reality, it kind of was they were in for the same amount of time. 59% for Skoronek, 54% for Van Jefferson, and neither were a big piece of this offense. Skoronek had one reception for 10 yards on one target. Jefferson had six more routes, but he didn't get targeted. So I I don't really know what to do with Van Jefferson. I'm not really interested at this point. Uh, Higby's still out there for 40 snaps, 20 routes, and he gets six targets, two receptions. That's another one of those unders that we took on Friday during the prop cast. Ahan took the under, I think it was like 46 and a half the number. That's way too high for any Higby. Higby's ever at 46 and a half on underdog fantasy. Use that promo code underdog. Use that promo code underworld. If he, if Tyler Higby's ever at like 40, 45 and a half, 35 and a half, always smash the under on Tyler Higby. Tune in though on Friday for the propcast because we break down all these these underdog pickums on Friday. We went nine and zero last week. Me and Ahan did on the propcast and absolutely obliterated everybody, everything, money lines, uh, totals, props, pickums, all the, everything on, on all the sports books on Underdog Fantasy. Go over to underdogfantasy.com today. Use the promo code Underworld to get a deposit match bonus up to one hundred dollars. Always take Higby under. That's that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. At the running back position, obviously Henderson is not 100%. It looks like Ronnie Rivers is going to be the guy uh, that gets opportunities. Ronnie Rivers is a fucking dud, uh, as is Kyron Williams. I'm not going to use either of these guys in any format. Are they going to get targets? Are they going to get receptions? Of course, because this team is mediocre right now. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But Ronnie Rivers is not good. Ronnie Rivers is a 4-7 guy. Kyron Williams is a 4-7 guy. 
best case scenario, one of these guys gets the full workload one random week and you can use them for the entire week, knowing like if Henderson's ever inactive and it's like, well, Kyron's not there, so it's going to be Malcolm Brown and Rivers. Good luck playing Rivers. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get all the receptions, which is going to be a top out of like, what, seven receptions maybe in a game, top end. But you're still going to have Malcolm Brown in there who's just going to vulture these goal line carries. So you, you're you going to have a tough time playing anybody in this backfield unless Henderson is 100% healthy. Just know that going forward. I'm not interested in anybody because it's the Los Angeles Rams can't block anybody. I was going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings tight end room, but Irv Smith, who was in for 33 snaps last week, doesn't matter because he's on IR now. Johnny Munt was in 42 snaps, 16 routes, one target, one reception, one yard. Johnny Munt now is relegated. Well, he stays in that number two spot behind TJ Hawkinson as Hawkinson joins the Minnesota Vikings this last week. Alexander Madison had a 20% snap share. Well, Dalvin Cook had a 72% snap share in this game. 25 routes to five, Dalvin Cook in favor over Alexander Madison. You would kind of expect Madison to get a little bit more run, but really haven't seen that going so far this year. Back to the New England Patriots. Damian Harris, healthy again, 31 snaps to Ramondre's 46. 11 carries to 16 in favor of Ramondre. 61 yards to 37 in favor of Ramondre. And 21 to 14 routes run in favor of Ramondre. And the big one, eight targets to two targets. 7 for 72 in favor of Ramondre. So he's clearly the top dog, the oos, the big own, the big uno, the, the the big dog in the building for New England, and they're going to focus on him at the running back position. But no, Damian Harris is still going to get that usage. It was a 60-40 split, and I think you can continue to expect a 60-40 split for the New England Patriots going forward. At the receiver room, they did not move Kendrick Bourne, so it's going to be Bourne, it's going to be Tyquan, it's going to be Jacoby. Nelson really didn't do a lot, and Devontae Parker didn't do a damn thing either. So Jacoby, Taekwon, Bourne seems to be their their trio that they want. If, if Devontae is kind of healthy and the Devontae, the script calls for him, he will be playing as well. The tight end room, 46, 46 snaps, 60%, 60%. Hunter Henry and Janu. Janu got four targets in this game. Hunter Henry just got one, 18 to 20 routes in favor of Janu in this one as well. Neither of them are really viable in the fantasy uh, landscape. Let's go to Houston, uh, a worst team, probably arguably the worst team in all of fantasy right now. Though, if you do subscribe to the player profiler newsletter, you go to player profiler to go all the way to the bottom, plug in your email. Cody's corner will come out tomorrow, Thursday afternoon at noon, noon Eastern time. Cody's corner newsletter will come out. And the number one, number one matchup this week to watch It's going to be my favorite is Derek Stingley, cornerback for the Houston Texans, playing against A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. Very excited to see this matchup between Stingley and A.J. Brown because Stingley is obviously a rookie, a dog, a guy that at uh, LSU early on in his career shut down Jamar Chase in practice. He was matched up with Jamar Chase, obviously, Keishan Butte, all these guys through the whole process. Now he gets A.J. Brown, the top dog, the Uso, at the Philadelphia Eagles. Going to be a good matchup. Looking forward to this one. But on offense, Damian Pierce, a full workload of the running back position, 73%. All the targets, uh, Burkhead had one, Dare had one, but all the carries, 15 for 35 on the ground. The, the running, the receiver position, Brennan Cooks did not get moved. Brennan Cooks was looking to go to, whether it was the Rams, 
um, whether it was like a, a New England, whether it was a Green Bay Packers. He didn't get moved. He missed practice yesterday, but he didn't get moved. Philip Dorsett in this game had five targets, number two on the team, tied with Damian Pierce. At the tight end position, Brevin Jordan was in for 27 snaps. O.J. Howard was in for 26 snaps, three targets for each of those guys. Again, not very fantasy viable. Chris Moore is going to get his random opportunities, not fantasy viable. The, the, the one that I'm watching here is Tyler Johnson just left. Tyler Johnson, we'll talk about him in a minute, goes to Tampa. Tyler Johnson just got signed back in Tampa. He left this team. I don't really know what that says about Houston, but I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on that whole situation. Carolina, we've talked about them many, many times on this show. Chuba Hubbard, Deonta Foreman. Foreman has that three-touchdown game this last week in over 100 yards. He looked fucking awesome. I will give him that. I will give him credit. Um, Christian McCaffrey never had a 100-yard rushing game with three touchdowns. Um, but Christian McCaffrey also never rushed for over 100 yards and had no fucking receptions. So that limits your upside. And what do we know about Chuba? When Chuba was playing, Chuba got those targets. So when Chuba's in, it's not just going to be a full-blown 70% Deontay Foreman. You're going to see some Chuba Hubbard. So just know that, all you Deontay Foreman owners. Obviously, DJ Moore with the hyper breakout. We talked about the, the mini breakout last week. Now he had the hyper big breakout, 137 yards, with the long touchdown to end this one. Um, for the Carolina Panthers. Terrace Marshall, though, that is, is the big story. Nine targets, four for 87 in this game. P.J. Walker is going to continue to start. Terrace Marshall, D.J. Moore should continue to get the, 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 lion, the lion defense coverage. Terrace Marshall is going to continue to get that work. And then LaVisca Chanel was in for 23 snaps, which was 12 less than Shai Smith. LaVisca had six targets on those 23 snaps and six targets on those 10 routes. So LaVisca could see some more usage also. It would be just awesome. Wouldn't it just be awesome if PJ Walker is the guy that unleashes not only DJ Moore, not only Terrace Marshall, but also LaVisca Chenault, all three of these guys on the same team, and somehow PJ Walker can find a way to feed all three of these guys down the stretch for the Carolina Panthers. Like, come on, nine targets for Terrace, Terrace six for LaVisca, and 11 for DJ Moore, combining these three guys had 240 receiving yards. Like, that's awesome. I don't care who you are. The Carolina Panthers should have won that game against the Falcons, and we, we would be talking about the Carolina Panthers being in first place right now with P.J. Walker, a quarterback. I love P.J. Walker for this exact reason right here, is that Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chanel, and D.J. Moore combined for 26 targets and over 240 receiving yards is awesome. Awesome. Seattle, very interesting conversation here. On the starter stream show on Sunday, I talked about I, I don't know what to do with DK Metcalf. I said I'll start anybody higher than Traquan Smith. I, I like Traquan Smith. I think that anybody lower than the Traquan Smith tier, I think you cannot start over Metcalf last week. And I'm going to own this. It's kind of an L here because Metcalf obviously scored a touchdown, didn't wear a brace, didn't do anything. And I said I would start Traquan over DK Metcalf. Because we didn't know shit, right? Last week it was like, oh, he might have structural damage or might be an ACL. And then as the week went on, we really didn't hear a lot. And then he just plays and he looks like DK Metcalf. So I'll take that. He ran 38 snaps, 21 routes, which was a third on the team, two behind Lockett, who had 23, and one behind Disley, who had 22. He's in for 60%. 
there was no drop off. Like there's a snap drop off, but really like he looked like Metcalf. He got targeted 10 times, which led the team 655 in touchdown. Like he looked like DK Metcalf. So really nothing to worry about there. Goodwin, 22 snaps. Eskridge, 16. Eskridge had 12 routes. Eskridge is a, is a, is a stash, I guess you could say, in Dynasty. They're a, a guy you could buy in Dynasty because they, they're starting to like him and use him more. And like I said, it was about Goodwin last week. 24 injuries in nine years. 24 standalone injuries in nine years. It's going to be tough to trust a guy like that down the stretch. We think Seattle is going to be good for the remainder of the year. Geno Smith is a top-five quarterback in 2022 at this at this exact moment. He's a top five quarterback, and if that's going to continue, this team's going to make the playoffs, and I don't think Goodwin's going to be there in the playoffs or at the end of the fantasy season. So there's lingering injuries with Lockett. There's lingering issues with Metcalf. Goodwin, I don't trust. Eskridge's guy you need to keep an eye on. Obviously talked about Derek Young last week. Derek Young had four snaps and two routes, didn't really do shit, and also the tight end room as well where Fant had 40 snaps, Disley 47, and Colby Parkinson 23 they love their tight ends in seattle but i think the main takeaway is metcalf played the game and kenneth walker still a dog a couple more we'll run down through a couple of these teams really really quickly that's the arizona cardinals 67 snaps for rondell moore seven for 92 on eight targets rondell only his second time going over 80 yards in a game both have come against the Minnesota Vikings last year, week two, this year, week seven against the Minnesota, week eight against the Minnesota Vikings, where he goes for 92. He went for 100 last year in that game. And then DeAndre Hopkins is the, probably the biggest story 13 targets, 12 for 159, and just an absolutely sick touchdown grab that he had in this game. Ertz, four targets as well. That's the offense. It's those three guys. Then the running back, obviously, you have Eno Benjamin getting that 73% and seven targets for the Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, don't need to say a lot about him either. Jeff Wilson's now gone, so they're fully in on McCaffrey. Uh, looks like Elijah Mitchell should be back in the next few weeks. TDP is there. He'll probably get some more work. Juwan Jennings and Debo Samuel were inactive in this game, so Ray Ray McLeod saw 30 snaps. Kittle was a big part of this game, 26 routes, which was second on the team to Brendan Ayuk. Six for 81 for Ayuk, three for 39 for George Kittle. It's McCaffrey. McCaffrey made the difference in this game. He won the game, passing, receiving, and rushing. It's just he's that dude. He, it's it's McCaffrey from Carolina on a better team. Period. Denver. I guess the only person to really talk about here is Greg Dulcich. Nine slot routes out of twenty-six. Five targets, four for eighty-seven. They're going into a buy this week, but I think you can continue to buy Greg Dulcich in every format. I think you should be using Greg Dulcich because. He's earned that trust early and often from Russell Wilson. They're able to win that game. He's uh, second on the team in targets behind Jerry Judy, who went six for 63 on that early London game. And then I want to talk about this one team. I'm going to finish it right here because we've been going for quite a minute, quite a hot minute here. Uh, These two teams, actually, I'm going to start with two teams. Number one, we're going to go to Cleveland. Cleveland um, played on Monday night, and they absolutely donkey slapped slapped the shit out of Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. I didn't even hardly, I literally plugged in my Xbox. I haven't played Xbox in a freaking minute. I plugged in my Xbox and put it on a little computer screen next to the TV because I was like, this game sucks. I'm just going to play Madden because that's going to get me a lot further than watching Cleveland play against Cincinnati. Um, so I d- did watch it, but at the same time, didn't watch it because it was b- sucked. Anyways, happy Halloween. Cleveland's going to do a bye week. 
And the big thing that you learn when they come out of bye weeks is you start to see rookies getting work. So rookies getting work. Look, looking at Dallas, they didn't make a move on a receiver. Jalen Tolbert is a guy you need to keep an eye on. Obviously, Zeke will be back. Uh, we talked about Denver, Greg Dulcich, a rookie. Should get some more usage coming out of the bye. Chase Edmonds will be there. More usage out of the bye. Um, Pittsburgh, Claypool's gone. George Pickens, it's his job. We'll see. Kenny Pickett's top five in uh, target, accurate target. What is it called? Ac- no, no. Accurate target uh, completion percentage. Kenny Pickett's number two behind Geno Smith right now. Um, just a lot of opportunity. Cleveland is the big one, though. Cleveland, I think David Bell in this offense. Again, we're walking into week nine. They're in by week 10. And then what? Week 11, you're going to see the Cleveland Browns play against the Houston Texans. And that reminds you of one thing. Sorry, week 13, not week 11. Week 13, so that would be, be three weeks from now. Week 13, Deshaun Watson will be back. It's a tough stretch, but when he comes back, it'll be Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington, Pittsburgh. Out of those six games, they've already beat Cincinnati. They play Baltimore. Baltimore's the toughest match out of those final six. If they go 5-1 and one in that final stretch, that puts them at 8-6. and six. So that means over the next three weeks, they need to probably win one game. If they can get the nine and seven, I think they'll make the playoffs. Cleveland can make the playoffs that seven seed. But the problem is those next three weeks are at Miami, at Buffalo, and home against Tampa. So they need to catch Miami next week or uh, hopeful that Tampa is still struggling in the next couple of weeks. But I think David Bell is a guy in Dynasty that you need to be making a move for right now because Donovan Peoples-Jones is just being Donovan Peoples-Jones. He hasn't really taken a next step per se. Four for 81 in this game, four targets. He's going to have those big boom games. Cooper is a is an animal right now, and what they're missing is a true, uh, you know, league defining number two receiver. Donovan Peoples Jones looks great, but I think that David Bell in the slot is is working towards na- taking that next step. He's at the forty six percent snap share right now, and he just looks good. He it, it was a drop off from the Baltimore game, the New England game, we went fifty eight sixty seven down to forty seven. But again, you're entering a bye week. I think you're going to get a lot more usage in here for David Bell going down the stretch. He hasn't surpassed double-digit fantasy points. He's borderline free in every format of fantasy. And you got to remember that you're buying him for the home stretch. They have a very solid, like, easy fantasy playoff schedule. Baltimore Ravens back end uh, has been sus all season. So the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Eli Apple's been banged up. They just lost Chidobia Wuzier. Houston has Derek Stingley. Stingley's going to be on Amari Cooper down the stretch. Tampa, uh, again, very banged up on the back end. New Orleans in the... Week 16, Marshawn Lattimore will be matched upon. Amari Cooper, Washington sucks. A lot of opportunity for the receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, whichever way you go. In Dynasty, I'm going to be buying David Bell. I think the opportunity is going to be there. You need to just trust it with David Bell uh, coming down the stretch. The other one is the New York Giants. And we had the same conversation. I'm going to make it quick. Not going Not going to go too long here. The same shit. You want to hype a player up. And then if they don't do something for one week, everybody's just out. Oh, fuck, man, he sucks. He's done. We're not trusting him. He's uh, this guy right here, 21 years old, second round pick in 2022, and he's already had a number of double-digit fantasy point games where he was wide receiver 29 and wide receiver 35 on 22% snap share and 67% snap share. And his snap share in week 6, 7, 8, 22%, 67%, 68%. He just happened to be matched up against Kobe Bryant, who Kobe Bryant's been very solid for the New York Giants or for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Wandale Robinson has one bad week. 12 fantasy points, 11, 
oh, call Wandell, man. Maybe it's just not time for Wandell. Maybe we should just quit on Wandell because the New York Giants lost to Seattle. No, maybe you shouldn't because the New York Giants are going into a bye week. And when they come out, they're going to be 6-2, and two, and they're still going to be on top of not the fucking NFC East, but they're going to be on top of, of a lot of teams in the NFC. They're going to probably make the playoffs unless they completely fall apart. And when you go into a bye week with the number of injuries that they've had with Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay sucks. Darius Slayton's their leading guy right now at the wide receiver position. In this game, he had six targets, five for 66. You're talking about Darius Slayton as your top receiver. Tanner Hudson had five targets. Marcus Johnson had six. You're going to see a vast oof, flip where the focus is going to go to Saquon and Wandale, and hopefully Bellinger gets back eventually. But I think a lot more needs to be said about, like I said before with Travis Etienne just a few short weeks ago, with quitting players in fantasy. Why, why, why do I see people at all talking about, oh, man, yeah, Wandale, man, he's just a bad Played Seattle, didn't do shit, man. They're just not going to, like, no, they're going to use him. It's a bye week, and you see this every freaking year. Everyone forgets this. When the bye weeks come, then the next week, the rookie, the, maybe not the next week, but, like, the next week and then the following weeks, you see more and more rookie usage as the year goes on. And these next three weeks, you're going to see a ton of bye weeks where the focus is, gonna, like I said, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, New York, Pittsburgh, San Fran. Six big buys this week. Next week, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, New York Jets. Then Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Tampa. We literally have 14 buys over the next three weeks. And then week 12, there's nothing. And then I think there's six more uh, in week 13, 14. We're in a big buy uh, you know, barrage right now. And you just need to make it through. But at the same time, you need to pay attention that, hey, there's guys on all these teams that are going to get more. The bye week is always huge for rookies in offenses, and especially in fantasy where there's injuries and there's situations where, like I said, Dallas didn't make a move at the wider receiver position. They were rumored about Brandon Cooks. They didn't do it. Again, Lamb hasn't had a 20 fantasy point game this year. Um, Tolbert, we could be looking for him to take the next step up. All these tight ends in this Dallas offense, Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, you could see them to start use more tight ends, more tight ends every single week. Cleveland with David Bell, like I talked about before. Also, Mike Woods, Mike Mike the Dog Woods, talked about him in the preseason. I think it's you know Woods is going to get an opportunity. And then again with the New York Giants. Wondell Robinson, you cannot afford to miss and, 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 to, and to trade away and to cut and to get out on the Wandell Robinson train in the 2022 fantasy season or in in in, a, in in dynasty, point blank, period. You just can't afford to do it. So long episode today. We went for 42 minutes. I appreciate you guys. If you all click that like, click that subscribe, do the damn thing on the YouTubes. I really appreciate you guys checking it out, hanging in, hanging out. Friday, 5 p.m., the Propcast happy hour. Where we will be back talking about some underdog props. 9-0 last week. We're going to bounce back. We're going to hit it again this week. 9-0 again. We're going for the double down. It's going to be very hard, probably very unlikely, but we're going to try to do the damn thing because we were fucking flaming hot last week and then start a stream on Sunday with Matty Kiwum. He will join me this Sunday of week nine. We're going to continue to punish all fantasy gamers. And and, and don't forget, like th these guys right here, these are the guys you want, These these rookies. There's one, oh, fuck, there's one more. There's one more I didn't talk about. I'm adding, and I'm going to be completely transparent about this. I'm adding Samori Torre everywhere. I'm adding Samori Torre. I talked about him last week. I said Rodgers wants Juwan, 
uh, Joanna Winfrey, and he wants Samori Torre on the field. He doesn't want Romeo on the field, and Romeo just has to be on the field. I'm going to catch some shit for this. I don't give a fuck. They didn't go get anybody. Give me Samori Torre. I'm adding him in every format. I already did it in four spots. I'm going to add him in all my FFWC teams tonight. If you're playing against me in the FFWC, I don't care. I'm adding Samori Torre. You're not going to outbid me. You know why? Because it's the little things. And you always got to pay attention to the little, little things right here where, hey, Rogers winked at him. Hey, he did the right thing. He did the thing where Rogers rolls out and Torrey's going down the field this way. And he says, nope, I'm going to come back. And guess what? He comes back and Rogers dink touchdown. That will go so much further than you can even imagine in comparison to Romeo making one nice catch in the end zone. Romeo's a beta. He's not a dog. And we're going to continue to fade him. But I will be adding Samori Torre and probably trading for Wanda Robinson.